0: Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. We're in the middle of a series called Family Tune-Up. Really trying to answer some of the questions that seem to be the most prevalent on the lips of people that come in asking for for counseling or advice uh, there at the church. And it it seems to be that when it comes to uh, issues, marriage, parenting, and finance seem to be uh, the most prevalent issues that people want help with, that they need answers for. And the last few weeks we've covered covered marriage, uh, we've covered parenting, and so today we're going to talk about finance. I only have one service to do this, so I'm going to try to pack about... 30 years of, of, of what I've learned in this into the next 22 minutes and 25 seconds. And uh, so uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you, this is something that I've, I don't enjoy necessarily or I haven't in the past enjoyed talking about. Um, I, I grew up in a culture where, where money was talked about, not just sometimes, but money was talked about every single Sunday. Uh, if, you were, if you went to a church where you knew if you went to church, you were gonna get two messages that day The money message and another message. Raise your hand. Anybody else go to one of those? I'm not saying I'm necessarily against that uh, because I understand it's a very important principle, but I just know that when we're getting close to planning this church and launching this church, Something about it just didn't sit right with me, and I thought, you know, Lord, we, we take a specific amount of time every Sunday to, to, to do an offering message, and if we're honestly telling the truth, it's like there's a fear in there that if we don't take up an offering, how are we going to pay the bills? And, and I just told him, I said, look, I don't think that taking time to take up an offering every single Sunday and doing a little message on it, I feel like I'm convincing people to give and, uh, and not trusting that you're going to take care of the financial needs of our church. And so, if you'll notice, and just so you can rest assured, uh, if you're if you're new here, we're not going to take up an offering. We're not going to pass a, a a plate or a bag. Uh, Leanne's dad used to pass a basket that took five men to carry. Basically, it's not true, but it seemed like that. And uh, but it was just, and, and again, nothing necessarily wrong with that if that was what God's told them to do. But I think for us, it's just like the Lord. I feel like He told me to do it different, and I and I made a promise to the Lord. I said, "Lord, I'll give people." If an hour and 10 minutes is the the, the appropriate amount of time for people to comprehend and learn and all the things we've learned about uh, people's comprehension levels and so on and so forth. If about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes is is the right time, then I want to give people the best hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes I can give. And I'm asking you to take care of the finances of this church. Uh, We stop taking up an offering and the Lord uh, the, the giving in our church, the next month after we stopped taking up an offering, the giving went up 168% the very next month. Uh, I felt strong that that was the Lord confirming, you do what I tell you to do, I'll take care of the money. I'll take care of the finances. We've, we've been so blessed as a church financially. So much of the reason I feel like we've been blessed as a, uh, as a, as a church, if you will, is because my wife and I come from uh, first-generation Christians, first-generation tithers. See, I, I've been tithing every day of my life since the, well, ever since I got my first dollar, I've been tithing. Leanne, the same way. Our parents were first-generation Christians. They were first-generation tithers. So from the time I was born, uh, understanding God's principles for how you're supposed to handle your finances, that was an automatic to me. I've never not tithed on a single dollar I've ever made in my entire life. Leanne could say the same thing. She's never not tithed on a single dollar she's ever made in her life. And so there's a great faith in, the, in, the, in, the, in not just the scriptures when it comes to God's uh, financial plan for your life because we've walked it out personally. It's not just the scriptures we believe in anymore. We now have stories to tell and I wish I could tell all the stories today uh, just about how, what God's done in our lives financially. Uh, several years ago, like I said, I, was, I didn't want to do a series on finances, so, uh, but I knew we needed to and so I uh, played a video. Anybody was here doing the videos we played? Uh, Robert Morris, if you've heard of Robert Morris, Robert Morris wrote a book called The Blessed Life, turned into a life's message. He's actually got a TV show now on The Blessed Life. He really feels strong that this is his life's message. And if, if I'm being honest, there's some parts of his story that so closely resemble my story. And, and I think Leanne and I feel like there's some things about our life where uh, financial stewardship and giving and how to handle your money uh, God's way is going to be a part of our life story. You listen to some of Robert's testimonies of things he's been able to give away. Uh, I'm on the same track. Now, he has given away a a, a paid-off house. Uh, I hope to do that again someday. I think something my wife and I learned a long time ago is Jesus was not the bare minimum. Jesus was exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever deserve or need. So if, if God gave me Jesus, if he didn't give me the bare minimum, then I was never going to live a bare minimum life back to him. That includes my finances as well. So we're not just here to say, okay, what's the, what's the bare minimum we can give? What's the bare minimum that we can do and be okay with God? That was never the way we, we, we feel like we were called to live. And so uh, we've had the privilege of giving away cars and thousands of dollars. I've had the opportunity to wipe out my bank account and so thousands of dollars into somebody else's life. I've had the opportunity to do all-expense-paid vacations for families and couples and, uh, and, and, and different things like that. And I'm telling you, my faith is set to pay off somebody's house someday, to give away... A house someday because that's just, it's the nature of God. God wants to use people. He wants to bless people so radically so that those people in turn can return that favor and bless other people so radically to start breaking this idea that God's not, God's not good. I'll just tell you right now, God's better than you think he is. He's better than you think he is. He, he doesn't have a problem with you having money. In fact, he needs you. Keyword need, not just want. He needs you to have Money, so that you can do the things that God's called you to do uh, on this planet. And so, uh, I want to answer some questions today. Three questions. The first question is, what does the Bible say about your money? The second question is, who is affected when we don't choose the who is affected the most? I should say, when we don't choose the biblical model uh, uh, concerning our finances. And the third question is, how does it affect the way God feels about you when you don't? When you don't follow God's plan for your, financial, uh, for your finances and with your money, how does that affect you? Now, I'll be honest with you, the first service, because of time, I answered one of those questions. But I intend to do a little bit better job and, and get to all three today. Uh, one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Bible when it comes to, to money is Malachi chapter 3. And i want to read that right quick. In Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me? But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings... You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your, for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. All nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. We're introduced to the concept of tithing. Tithing means 10%. A tithe is 10%. Uh, And so he says, bring the tithe where? To the storehouse so that there's food in his house. If you had to take a guess of what's the storehouse or the house of God here on earth today, what would you think it would be? The church. That's the way I see it. Some don't. uh, That's the way I see it. So I'm not going to i getting into a big theological discussion uh, where that's concerned. It is my belief that the, that the church represents the house of God. I also believe that the church represents the bride of Christ. How many of you guys have heard the, the church called the bride of Christ? I believe with all of my heart that the, the Lord implemented this system of tithing for multiple reasons, but one of those is to take care of his wife while he's gone. If you had to go away on a trip for a long time, would you not think to make sure your wife was taken care of? If the church is his wife, it is my belief that the tithe is something that's called to take care of his wife while he's gone, and that'll bring some uh, a whole new perspective on on that. I believe. Uh, I also want you to understand that tithing was before, it was during, and it was after the law. We talked about how communion. Abraham took communion before it, the the story of the cross was ever even. Uh, a figment of anybody's imagination, Melchizedek, priest of the Most High God, brought to uh, Abram this, tie, this, this, this bread and this wine after a great victory with Abram. And the response, when, the, when Melchizedek said to Abram, well, let's just read it in Genesis chapter 14, verse 19, it says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God, most high professor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So pre, the priest of the Most High God comes to Abraham and says, man, you're successful because God is blessing you. God has done all of this for you. Now notice what the appropriate response, not by the law. There was no law that says you're supposed to tithe. Notice what the appropriate response was from Abraham, Abram, who would become Abraham, the father of our faith. The Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. So notice what the reasonable response was from the father of faith. When he was aware of what God had done in his life, it says that Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Tithing was before the law. Tithing was during the law. Deuteronomy 14, verse 22 says, Set aside a tithe, a tenth of all that all your fields produce each year. Then go to that one place where the Lord God has chosen to be worshipped. And there again, it's pointing to the church where to take that tithe. And there in his presence, eat the tithes of your grain, wine, and olive oil, and the firstborn of your cattle and sheep. Do this so that you may learn to honor the Lord your God always. Can I just ask you this question as we're talking about tithing? Do you think that if we don't tithe, somehow the lights in heaven are going to get shut off? Do you think that the Lord's sitting here going, gosh almighty, I don't know, I, I know I'm the I know I own the cattle on 1,000 hillsides, but if they don't start tithing, I'm going to sell off some cattle. I'm going to own the cattle on 500 hillsides Where it's all said and done. How many of you guys think that, do you think God needs your money? you think God needs our money? No, God doesn't need our money. So well, this isn't talking about God needing our, our money. Tithing was after the law. Let me just say this, and this is a bit of a sobering thought. If Jesus himself were to show up here today, let's just say we're all sitting here, and Jesus were to walk in, and he came up here and got this cool little microphone that I get to wear every week. And he said, looked at every single one of us in here and said, I showed up today to tell you I want you to tithe. If Jesus said, I want you to tithe, would you tithe? <laughs> Here's the thing. This is what's hard sometimes to wrap our minds around. Some of us are like, eh, maybe. Maybe. It's still a thought. It's still something that crosses our mind. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing for some of us. But the Bible says, Jesus himself, who Jesus is grace. He is the person of grace. So if you're wondering, well, I'm under grace. I don't have to tithe. Well, you're under grace, and you still shouldn't murder people. Can you imagine that being the defense for someone in a murder case? Your Honor, I'd like to propose to you that my client is under grace. I got a better one than that. How about you go have an affair and come back to your wife and say, hey, it's all good, I'm under grace. Somebody got mad over they said, oh, I think it was my wife actually that said that. (laughs) Just because we're under grace doesn't mean there aren't things that we should or should not do. So Jesus says this in Matthew 23, 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you tithe, mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And some people stop right there and go, see? He's saying it's not that big of a deal. There's bigger issues. Paul Harvey says, and now the rest of the story. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So he's saying, is tithing, is, probably, is it as big, big a deal? as justice, mercy, and faithfulness? No. But you should be doing all of them. Jesus' grace says, this is what we should be doing doing. Can I just say this? If you need understanding before you move in obedience, it requires zero faith. In other words, if you knew for a fact how it was going to pan out, if you started tithing today, if you're like, well, I'll do it if you'll tell me exactly how it's going ta- to turn out. Can I just tell you, I've tithed my whole life and there's been times where I went, okay, this ain't working out the way I thought it was going to work out. I didn't start I didn't I don't I don't I didn't tithe my whole life because the first time I brought tithe in, everything just changed forever and I've never had a need again. I tithed in obedience, trusting that this is what God has for me. And I may not see the the fullness of the answer right away. I don't have the understanding of how it all works. But I did it by faith. If you understood how tithing worked, it would require no faith. And the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And it's faith that pleases God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Thanks, thank you for all the amens right there. I appreciate all those, all zero of them. Uh, let's just, <laughs> I want to talk about three supernatural things that happen after, based on the scriptures that we just read. You need to understand the three supernatural things that happen when you tithe. Now, I brought out this uh, amazing little prop here, and we have 10 apples. This red apple represents the tithe. When we choose, now, first of all, what you have to understand is this may be in your hands, but it does not mean it belongs to you. That tithe always has been his. It may be in your hands, but it is still his. We'll learn later in this service that actually... All the apples are his. But just for this particular point, this one, it is not yours to do with it what you want. It is his. The Bible says, bring the tithe. Some translations say, return the tithe. You don't return something that's yours. If I were to hand somebody the keys to my truck, if they brought those keys back, they were returning to me what was already mine. The tithe is to be returned. But here's what's amazing that happens when I take this tithe and I say, okay, I'm going to return this to the church, to the house, to the bride of Christ. I'm going to take this back where it belongs. Something supernatural happens and now these nine green apples can now do more than these ten apples could ever do. The Bible says when we tithe, God blesses the nine. How many of you guys believe that maybe nine blessed apples blessed by Jesus, are better than 10 apples, cursed. If that, if that were the case and we all truly believe this, we could not get this red apple out of our basket fast enough. We could not get it out of there fast enough because we understand that as soon as I get it out, these nine apples go to work. It's supernatural. There's another thing about these nine, about what happens when I get rid of the, this, 10, this, this 10%. Not only can these nine apples do what ten could not have done without the blessing of the Lord, now there is a supernatural protection on these apples, and can nobody eat your apples. The Bible says he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You know what that means? As soon as this red apple's gone, the enemy can't come and take out your washing machine. He can't come and get you into a situation where you got more medical bills. You have a promise to stand on that as a tither, not only can these nine go further than ten could in the first place, there's a supernatural protection on these nine that can't nobody touch it, particularly the enemy. Turn to your neighbor and say, get off my apples. That's what it does. But I'll just say this, and, 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 and tithing is, is a hard thing for some people because they don't understand the power of it. I'll just tell you the two things, although I love the fact that God God blesses the nine and the nine apples can do more than the ten can. I love that. I love the fact that my nine nine, nine apples are now protected with something I can't even see and he rebukes the devourer for my sake. But I'll just tell you my favorite part about this whole thing is neither one of those two things. Did you know you can't plant somebody else's seed? The Bible says in Genesis, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never stop. Some people think when they tithe, they are planting a seed. You can't plant somebody else's seed. You're simply returning something to God that was his. So here, how's it working. I can't wait to get this apple out of my hand. I got to get it out of my hand. So that's not even mine anymore. So now I know these nine apples are going to do more than 10 apples could do in the first place because they're blessed by God. And I know they're protected from the devourer, but let me tell you what else I know. Because now this neck, even if it's just a sliver, <laughs> if it's just a sliver of this apple, Squirt apple juice on my face. <laughs> this is now a seed. This has the power, according to the scripture, when I plant a seed, it has to produce a harvest. How many guys know when you plant an apple, an apple seed, you don't sprout up one apple? You sprout up a tree full of a bunch of apples with a bunch of more seeds in those apples. Now this little sliver, what I do with that next piece, because I'm not a bare minimum Christian, because I don't want to give the bare minimum. He didn't give me the bare minimum. I don't want to give him the bare minimum. I now understand that I have something extremely powerful in my hand that when I plant this, according to Scripture, I can receive some 30, some 60, some 100-fold return on this little sliver of apple. I I can't access by faith the return on that red apple. It wasn't mine to sow in the first place, but this one is. There's power in this one. It's incentive from our heavenly father to not live bare minimum. Some people say, well, I think you should, I don't, I, I, you're, you're starting to sound like one of them prosperity preachers. Well, the Bible says he delights in the prosperity of his people. So if I'm a prosperity person and prosperity's in the Bible, I guess I'm one of those. And if you're not, which one are you? See, the Bible tells me in Hebrews, Josh talked to us about this, I think it was last week. You want to know what real faith is? Real faith isn't just believing in God. The Bible says that real faith is those who come to God must believe a couple things. One, that he is who he says he is, that he is God. And two, that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him and his ways. When you... you, Get involved with his plan for your financial life. You are diligently in pursuit of his, of his ways. Therefore, you have a reward coming whether you like it or not. And if you don't like yours, you can give it to me. Because I know what to do with them. There is, I just can't, fat I, I, I love, what I love about this whole pop- deal, I, I've been tithing my whole life. I don't even think about my tithe anymore. I'll, I'll just tell you how, how uh, and I've shared some of this with you before. With, with me and Leanne, because this is such an automatic for us, we have several different bank accounts, the way we do our finances and our budget and all this stuff. we got a, a bill pay account, an operational account. And, and, and the, 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 the bill pay account, our tithe is like a bill. I mean, it goes out. It's the first thing that we pay. We, it's not like, well, if we have enough. We'll, no, our whole life, first thing out, gone. But because I understand the power of those green apples right there, we have a whole nother account with a whole nother card. It's our giving. It's our giving. And I'm telling you, I, am, I, get, I cannot tell you how excited I get about that, that account. Regularly, I go to Leanne, hey, I want to do this thing. I, I want to do this thing for somebody. I want to send somebody on an all-expense-paid vacation to, to, to the beach. I want to do this. I want to send this person a few hundred dollars. I want to pay off this person. I, I, I'm, I'm eager to find out where we are in that particular account because of the power I know that it has. Now, before you start saying, well, it sounds to me like now you're just giving to get. Okay, let me tell you how, where all this came from. There was a time in my life where I had to trust God. I took a job making a third of what I was being offered at another place because I thought that's where the Lord was telling me to go. I thought the Lord was telling me to go into full-time ministry. And I had an amazing job. But taking taking this job, making, actually I started off, I didn't have actually a job, The Lord told me to go to this city. We went to that city. I did not have a job. I was following him. I hung drywall part-time just to make ends meet. And I'll just tell you, things got so tough for me, I couldn't even afford to, to pay for the food for my family. We couldn't afford diapers. We couldn't afford formula. There's several things that we couldn't afford. And the Lord brought a man into our life that every single Sunday would walk up and hand me a $100 bill. He would hand me that $100 bill, and he'd say, young man, take that young pretty lady of yours out for dinner. And I say, yes, sir, we're going to Burger King as soon as we are done with this service. Because I had to take $25 of it and buy lunch, and I had to take $75 of it and help, us help, help pay our bills. It was, it, it was God supernaturally taking care of me, saying, you just trust me, I'll take care of you. And it happened in a supernatural way. Well, several years ago, uh, the Lord was, I, w- I was just kind of in a conversation with the Lord. And I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly. I don't mean it was an audible voice, but I knew strongly the Lord was speaking to me. And the Lord said to me, what's your new number? And I knew immediately what he meant. And at that time, here's what he was asking me. How much money would someone have to bring you every single week to have the same impact in your life that that $100 bill used to have in your life? And all of a sudden, my eyes just welled up in tears because I realized it would have to be a whole other zero. It was It was. It was not even close. And I also realized that now I was in a position where I could pick up a $100 bill. And every week of my life, I could give somebody a $100 bill. And I could also give my wife a $100 bill. And so we started this several years ago, keeping $100 bills in our wallet, giving them away on a regular basis. And it was in that moment when I was, the Lord was showing me and reminding me of what he did and what he had done in my life because of my faithfulness to get rid of that red apple and to trust him no matter what that I was not even in the same place alive. I was at a place I couldn't even, couldn't even believe. And so I, 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 I kind of made this promise to the Lord and I went and talked to Leanne about it and she was on board. And that was when we decided that for the rest of our life we're gonna increase our giving by 1% every year for the rest of our life. Because I understood not just the power of this apple, but how God wanted to use these apples in my life, these extra apples that I had in my life to demonstrate his goodness to his people. God wants to use even money to bring people in to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you right now, I am am planning. I am planning. There's things I'm doing right now. I'm planning. I've talked with Leanne. We're we're sticking back money just because there's somebody I want to give a significant amount to because I understand that. And let me just say this, it's not about me giving to get. I love to do it. And because I love to do it and the Lord keeps giving me more, I know I'll get to continue to live this. The Bible says that he'll provide seed, not to the eater. He provides seed to the sower. This will change your life. This will change your family's life. And then I'm gonna, I'm just gonna quickly go through this last part since I didn't get it because this is not about guilt, shame, and condemnation. And I want to answer the questions, the last two questions. Who is most affected if you don't buy into this? Let me just tell you, it ain't heaven, it isn't God, it's you. God doesn't need your money. You need, you need the power on your money that only tithing can bring. You need it. The person that's most affected when we don't do it is us. The next question I want to answer is, how does God feel when we don't, when we don't buy it. So how does it make him, how does it make him feel? In Luke chapter 15, there's a, Jesus is answering this question with a parable and it's the only time in scripture he uses three stories to answer one question. And he tells the story, and I'm gonna briefly go, go over this. He tells the story of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. Raise your hand if you've heard those, one of those stories before. You know, kind of know where I'm going with this. I find it interesting that the sheep And the coin and the son were already things that were possessed by the master before they were lost we've used these stories as analogies for how god feels about people who aren't saved yet yet he calls his sheep he calls us his sheep the coin already belonged to the woman and the son already belonged to the father Maybe, just maybe, this isn't just a story, and I have no problem using this story to talk about how God feels about lost people who haven't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but maybe, just maybe, he's also talking to people who are already possessed by him that aren't following his ways and find themselves in a place where they too are lost again. So now that we see that this story could be talking about more than just people who aren't saved, now we can say, okay, Lord, what, would you, what are you saying to me in this story? I'll just read the story of the lost son. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. Man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your money now before I die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his youngest son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money on wild living. Isn't it clear we're talking about money here? This isn't theoretical money or metaphorical wealth. No, this is real money. This is real dollars and cents. About the time the money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, he began to starve. He he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to the field to feed the pigs. The man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When finally he came to his senses, he said this to himself, At home, the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father, and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against both you and heaven, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Notice what the enemy will do to a son who doesn't handle their father's money right. He'll convince you you're no longer worthy of being called a son. Is that not what was happening here? Did a son not take possessions that his father entrusted to him? And did he not misuse that money? Yes. So he returned to his home and to his father. And while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I've misused your money. All that you've worked so hard and entrusted me with, I have misused, I have wasted, and I have blown it father i've sinned against both you and heaven i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but his father said to the servants quick bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kill the calf that you've been fattening we must celebrate with a feast for his son the son of mine was dead and now returned to life he was lost and now he's found so the party began how does god feel about you when you don't handle his money the way he tells you to handle his money the same exact way He does if you do. Not about the money. His his love for you is not connected to your money. His love for you is not connected to whether you tithe or not. But just like Jesus told the disciples, pray heaven to earth, there's a way that you can experience the prosperity that only exists in heaven here on earth when you do it your finances and handle your money the way he calls you to handle your money. It will not change the way he feels about you. It will not change how much he loves you. The only thing it will change is how much of him you enjoy on this earth. You have to know this. I could sit up here and talk about, oof, I don't know, he's going to be frustrated. He's going to be disappointed. He's going to be angry. But it would be contrary to the nature of God. No more than any other sin you could ever commit, no matter what you do, it will not change how the Father feels about you. We just have to understand the Father has so much more for us than just does He love us and am I going to heaven? I had a guy, I'll close with this, I I had a guy tell me the other day well, I had a great conversation with a couple of young men, and they were raised in the church. Their dad's a preacher, and boy, they just seen everything there is, is about church, and they just kind of got burned out. And This guy just told me, he said, you know, he just figured uh, God loves him no matter what he does, and him and God are good. He wasn't going to go to church no more. He wasn't going to do some of those things anymore, and he just believes God just loves him just like he is, and he's just going to live the, his life the way he wants to live his life. And I sat there, and, and, I, and I thought to myself, of course, this was not a person that I could have a conversation with they were not open they were actually acting like that sounded like a great idea and I just thought to myself did Jesus die? did Jesus die? just so I could live the rest of my life doing whatever I want scraping by on the bare minimum of his acceptance of me knowing that I'm going to get to go to heaven but just going to live the rest of my life however I want to Is that the fullness of what the blood of Jesus came to do? And I'll just say this, if you truly understand what he did, is that even what you want to do? Do you want to not give to the person who gave you everything? Here's my point. I want to take us back to Abraham. It is just, it is an appropriate response of the heart. Once you realize he's going to love you, whether you put a do, ever put a dollar in that offering or not, he's going to love you anyway. But it is the appropriate response of faith and worship to a heavenly father who gave us Jesus. It is the appropriate response to say, you know what? And, I, and I'll, 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 I'll say this. I, I, I mentioned this earlier. 1 Corinthians 10, 26 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So not only is that red apple his, the other nine are his too psalms 34 1 give it old testament and new the earth is the lord's and everything in it it's all his and i want to live the rest of my life saying first of all i'm going to get that red apple out of my hands as fast as i can possibly do it so that you're blessing these other nine but i'll just tell you if you need any of these just tell me i will not give the bare minimum to a god who gave me everything that will not be the story of my life We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.